Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to the Luke Bruger podcast. I want to share some insight from the Word of God that I believe will help you. It'll strengthen you, edify you, build you up. Today, I just want to take a couple of minutes and talk about something very simple. I want to talk about two questions that if you answer these questions, and they're, again, very simple, it'll help to build your faith and strengthen your your faith. So as followers of Jesus, as Christians, we know that faith is incredibly important for us, that the Bible says that we live by faith, we walk by faith, we receive from the Lord by faith, we are saved by faith. So it's, it's enormously important, and so it's also important for us to maintain that faith and to continue to build it and develop our faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 that faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. So when we, we spend time in God's word, we're, we're building our faith. And that's true for all of God's word. So the Bible also says in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, that all scripture is God-breathed. It's useful for teaching, rebuking, and correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. So all of scripture is useful for building our faith. But then there's also times when the Bible specifically addresses our faith, like times when the disciples say to Jesus, Lord, increase our faith. So all of scripture is good for building our faith. But then sometimes the Bible really brings building our faith into focus. And I want to look at one of those passages today. If you happen to have your Bible, I'm going to be reading from Matthew chapter 17. Matthew chapter 17, uh, in the beginning of this chapter, is the story of Jesus going up onto the mountain where he's transfigured. He takes a couple of his disciples, Peter, James, and John, goes up on top of the mountain. Elijah and Moses show up. Jesus begins to glow. His, His robe begins to gleam. It's dazzling white. The scriptures say, and God speaks from heaven, this amazing experience, and then they come back down off the mountain, and that's where we're going to pick it up in Matthew chapter 17, verse 14. It says, and when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples, but they could not hear him. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. Then the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, Why could we not cast it out? So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. However, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So this is a story about Jesus ministering to this man's son. It's a story of healing uh, or, or being delivered from an evil spirit. But we also, also have a lesson in this story about 
having enough faith. The disciples, the ones that were left behind, they couldn't cast out this demon or heal this boy. After Jesus does, they come to him and they directly ask, hey, how come we couldn't do it? And Jesus says, because of your lack of faith, because of your unbelief. And if you had even just a little bit of faith, it would be so powerful you could even say to this mountain, be moved and nothing would be impossible, impossible for you. So it's a story about healing, but that healing also sets the scene for there to be a teaching about how we develop and increase our faith. In the last verse that we read, verse 21, it says, this kind does not go out except by prayer and, and fasting. Fasting and prayer is a key discipline, and it's important to have as part of our lives. And just from this passage alone, you can see there are certain things that never happen unless we take time to fast and pray. But that's not that's not our focus or what I want to focus on today. I want to focus on verse 17. Verse 17, it says, Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? So Jesus comes down from the mountain. He's informed about the situation. They tell him what's going on. And then this is his response. He responds by saying, O faithless and perverse generation, or some translations say crooked. So he says you're faithless, that you don't have faith, and that you're perverse. And when he says perverse, it's not you know the way that we typically think of somebody being perverted. He's not saying you you know sit in your basement and watch child pornography or something like that. When he says perverse, it means something is off. Literally in in the Greek, it means that there's been a distortion. That someone has turned aside. Again, another translation says that you're crooked. So they're, they're faithless, they're off track. So he's identifying the problem that you, you have no faith and something's, th- something is off, it's crooked, it's not, on, it's not on the right track. And then he asks two questions. He asks, how long, how long shall I be with you and how long shall I bear with you? Now, typically when I've heard this passage talked about, it's Jesus just sort of venting his frustration with the people. And I'm, and I'm sure Jesus was frustrated from time to time. And that's, that's typically how this is uh, portrayed. He's just fed up. He comes and he sees the situation and he's just, he's just kind of at his wit's end. How long do I have to be with you people? I can't take this anymore. Uh, I, I can't get out of here quick enough. And he's just he's kind of complaining and just disgusted with the, whole, with the whole scenario. And that's, that's how it can come off. But when we really start to think about it and examine it with other scriptures in mind, I don't think that that's what, what's, what's happening here. I don't think that Jesus was just complaining. You've got passages like Philippians 2.14 that says to do everything without complaining. The Bible tells us that Jesus was a teacher. They called him teacher. They called him rabbi. In John chapter 13, Jesus said, you call me teacher and Lord, and you're right because I am your teacher and Lord. In John chapter 5, Jesus said, my father is always working and so am I. So if Jesus is a teacher and he's always working, then he's, he's always giving us some kind of uh, revelation, some kind of insight, something for us to understand. In Matthew chapter 12, Jesus says that we're going to have to give an account for every idle word or for every empty word. So I don't think that Jesus is just kind of 
saying empty words, man, I can't stand these people anymore. How, how much longer do I have to be with you? I can't take it. Those are just empty words, and he teaches against that. So Jesus is not just uh, expressing frustration with his people, and that's the point that, that I'm trying to make. When he says a faithless and crooked generation, he's, he's identifying a problem and then asking two questions to help fix the problems that he has identified. So the first question is, how long do I have to be with you? How long must I be with you? Now again, it's not just empty, idle words, so what's the answer? What's the answer to that question? How long will Jesus be with us? Well, in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 5, it says, for God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. At the end of Matthew chapter 28, the end of the gospel of Matthew, Jesus says, and be sure of this, I'm with you always, even to the end of, of the age. In John chapter 14, Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you as orphans. I'm going to send my spirit to, to be with you and always be with you. You have the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. So what's the answer to that question? What's the answer for people like you and me? How long will Jesus be with us? The answer is always. The answer is, is all the time. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. So Jesus is talking to disciples in this story that he was with and then he went away on top of a mountain to spend time with the Father and then he returns back to them. Really, it's almost like a picture of, of the church, people like us today, that while Jesus was away and they couldn't see him the way they could before, their faith struggled. And so he's asking this question, listen, you might not see me like before, but how long how long am I with you? And the answer is all the time, that Jesus is with us. And if you can ask that question when you're in situations where your faith is challenged or you're feeling faithless, you're feeling crooked or off track, you've turned aside, that something is distorted, things aren't right in your, in your faith, to remind yourself, Jesus is always with me. Would it help your faith to have a real awareness that Jesus is always with you? He never leaves you. You carry the presence of Jesus all the time. The second question is, how long must I bear with you? Or the New Living says, how long must I put up with you? And again, it sounds like how long I can't put up with you anymore. I just can't stand these people. But if you look at that word in the original language, the word that's translated bear, how long must I bear you? It, it literally means to hold up or to sustain. How long am I going to hold you up? How long am I going to support you? How long will I be the one who is sustaining you? That's what Jesus is asking to these people that something's off and they're, faith, they're, they're faithless. He's asking, how long will I be the one that sustains you? How long will I be the one that holds you up and supports you? What, what's the answer to that question? The answer is he's always going to support us. He, he teaches us that we're supposed to rely on him and allow his strength to, to flow through us, that he's the vine and we're the branch. Apart from him, we can't do anything. But if we abide in him and, and he abides in us, then we can bear much fruit and our fruit will last. If we allow the life of Jesus to flow through us, he said, wait, I'm gonna send my spirit to strengthen you and to, and to empower you. The Bible says I can do all things, how? Through Christ who gives me strength, that Jesus is the one. We're supposed to rely on him and lean on him and allow him to be our support, 
our sustenance. So when Jesus asks, how long will I sustain you? How long will I literally bear you up and hold you? Jesus is always the one that's going to bear us up. He's always the one that wants to sustain us and provide for us. And it's his power and life flowing, flowing through us. So when we can have that understanding. Jesus is always with us and he's always wanting to bear us up and support us and strengthen us. In times where we're feeling like Jesus described faithless and, and crooked, faithless and perverse, something's distorted, something is off track, to go back to these questions and ask ourselves, how long is he going to be with me, whether I feel like it or not? He's faithful. He never leaves me. He never forsakes me. How long can I trust and rely on him being my sustainer, the one who holds me up like a branch relying on the life of the vine? All the time. All the time. And when you face challenges, when your faith is challenged, when you're in difficult situations, if you can come back to those questions it will help to build your faith. And again, this healing story from Matthew chapter 17 is framed in teaching on how we build our faith and how we strengthen our faith. How long will Jesus be with you? How long will he bear you up? All the time. Father, I thank you for each person listening today. And I ask, Lord, that the reality of the answers to these questions would settle in on their hearts, Lord, that they would have a deep and real awareness of your presence with them, of your faithfulness, of your power, that you are, you are their source at all times, and you never want to withdraw your sustenance. You never want to withdraw your presence. Lord, that you're not a God who comes to us in, in frustration and anger and exasperation, but you're our teacher, and you lead us and guide us. You're a good shepherd. And Lord, I pray whatever causes doubt and fear and confusion would be driven far from each person listening to this in Jesus' name. Lord, I ask your blessing on them. You continue to lead them and guide them by your spirit in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Thanks so much for taking time to listen and or watch. And we'll see you next month when we release the next one.